Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. What's I, up, Ben? I just heard you on the radio. I, I've been here for a minute. <laughs> I, I, like slash, a I like slash hate filling in with BK. Yeah. Actually, well, PK's I, great. The morning part is the hard part. <laughs> and then you're doing four hours of radio. I love it, but see, PK knows I can kind of take it, you know? So he likes to he likes to come at me from the start, like just let's go. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You just have to be. You have to play defense for a couple hours. That's all. Correct. Which is fine. It's PK. Mix it up. With him, working with him for uh, exercises the brain. A while and uh, PK is the best. He's he's great at what he does, and it's always fun to come uh, fill in when David James is uh, off on some sort of uh, PK called it a soccer retreat. Oh. No. I don't know what Masquerading that is. Masquerading around town. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how was your weekend, Ben? You doing all right? Terrific weekend. One of the best uh, NFL, probably the best NFL weekend I've ever seen. I'm sure everyone feels that way, but probably the best collection of football games I've ever watched consecutively. Boy, were we wrong about some games. Yeah. All of them, right? <laughs> pretty much every single one. Yeah. Almost. Um, yeah, we'll jump into the NFL football, but get, uh, Megan's here. Megan, you have a good weekend? I did, yes. All right. She hung out at the Grizzlies game. Oh, yeah. How'd oh, that go? Was good. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was a little quiet. Did you meet anybody? No. <laughs> I didn't mean it like, are you dating someone now? I meant like, you had listeners come, right? You you had some people stop by and say hello. Yeah, we had about six listeners come in, okay. and they had a good time. Thanks to everyone who stopped by. Yeah, right. Yeah. I haven't been to a Grizz game in a while. <laughs> Did you meet anybody? That's probably a good place to meet people. It's probably like a, a fun crowd game? to like meet a date. Sure. Well. Why not? Well, Megan, next time you're there, on the clock. Think about using that as your personal time to strike up your uh, your dating life. Is that really what she should be doing? <laughs> I give bad advice. That's my thing. You do? Yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to start with NFL football? No, ben, let's talk a little the, jazz. We can talk a little bit of jazz because I thought actually last night's game, I know you were here working. That's a quick turnaround. I'm sorry. You had a late night and then an early morning. Yeah, it's another game tonight. Three I'm and four. You're, you're busy. But... Uh, I thought last night's game was actually pretty enjoyable, even though they lost. It was a great game. I thought that was a very fun game, and I don't know the last time. Even the two wins over Denver, which have been their only wins in the last two weeks, I don't know how many of these you could honestly have said have been fun games. I thought last night's game was legitimately just a fun basketball game to watch. Had a chance to win. 
I think Quinn Snyder keeps tinkering with things in a fun way. I know you didn't have Donovan Mitchell and you still didn't have Hassan Whiteside. Uh, so that's going to change the outlook of the game just as far as how much you can take away from it. But, but last night was really fun and I, I thought kind of promising because they played so hard, which is another thing we just haven't seen from this team in a while. That's what I said this morning with PK. He didn't seem to care. I, I just appreciated the played hard. Went out there and, and Rudy, actually everybody talked about it after the game. They, they went out there and played their butts off. Just came up a little short. And by the way, missed some opportunities to win. There were four, four or five mistakes yep. in the last two minutes yep. that, uh, that cost them the game. But it wasn't out of lack of effort or missing assignments or all the what, – what game was it, Ben? The Rockets game where yep. you went back and looked at the oh, third man. quarter and it was just people play defense. just standing around? Yeah. You know that wasn't what we saw last night, so I certainly can uh, can appreciate that. And even Quinn Snyder, you heard in the post game show. I mean, he even said like it was not a perfectly played game. They missed some shots. Mike Conley really was not any good after the first quarter. He was very good in the first quarter. I don't think he scored again after his nine points to open the game. So like the guy who should have been scoring, the guy who should have picked up for Donovan Mitchell, really wasn't there. But. I thought Rudy Gay had a really good game. I thought Gobert was interesting to see how how badly he struggled with the small lineup through the first three quarters and then was pretty good in the fourth quarter. Of course, we'll have to keep an eye on his calf strain. We'll talk about that a little bit more throughout the show. Uh, but, but they played hard, and I do actually think that is a mixture of a couple of guys that we've seen uh, finding themselves on the floor actually over the weekend, which is why they won on Friday as well when they yeah. beat Detroit. Is that I actually think Trent Forrest and Eric Paschal being back in the lineup is just some of that fresh blood you need of guys who just work really hard and do the the less exciting things, which is offensive rebound, play some defense. Trent Forrest had four steals last night. I think having those guys drop and kind of pepper into the rotation is is actually giving everybody a little bit of energy. So I think you're totally right about those guys. And the word you just used, energy, I think is the key. We um, filled in for David this morning. We talked to Coach Cleveland, uh, Steve Cleveland. And I, I brought up what do, what do the Jazz need to prioritize at the trade deadline. And he he went he had a really great answer, and it, it was very thorough. But somewhere in his answer, he brought up Jay Crowder's name. Not necessarily yeah. the need yep. to trade for him, but like an example of uh, you know a wing player that brings a lot of energy. And listen, I, the, I found – I know Jay Crowder was uh, a – favorite around here but i found watching jay play basketball maddening yep not that he wasn't good and that he didn't contribute and that actually is my point i mean he was such an energy dude you knew it the second he stepped on the floor he had an impact and he was going to be kind of that guy that feeds everybody else with that energy you got to live up to that standard and i agree with coach cleveland they need that type of player it was the other things that jay crowder did that bugged me i told you the just horrendous shot selection and the lack of shame that was just so hard to watch with him jay crowder is one of your favorite players in the nba when you watch him three or four times a season like when you see him on another team you're like man that dude got a really important rebound or that dude yeah runs really hard or kind of has an attitude that you wish your team had and then you watch him 82 games you're like okay jay crowder that was easy You've taken a hundred of those threes this year, honestly, by the end of the season, and none of them were good looks, and we knew none of them were going to go in. He's that guy that you have to kind of live with some of those things because the energy is so advantageous. So the trick is, yes, finding one of those energy players that doesn't take those bad shots, and it's why I think a name like Marcus Smart has been so exciting for Jazz fans because he has so much he has so much energy, but he also does take some bad shots where you're like, okay, Marcus Smart, it's not time for the 32% three-point shooter to have a heat check. But that's, but that's Coach Snyder's philosophy, right? Right. If you play hard yep. and do all that stuff and be an energy guy and play defense and, and do all that good stuff, he'll, he'll let you shoot. I mean, that sounds a little 
permissive, I guess, but he he will ignore some bad shots. Oh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Clarkson plays really hard. Now, they also need him to create so much offense in the second unit, but he he legitimately plays hard. He's, he's very competitive, and I think Quinn Snyder likes that he's got the competitiveness in that second unit, which, you know, no offense to Joe Ingles, who's competitive, but it doesn't always show on the floor, or Hassan Whiteside, who's competitive, but it doesn't necessarily always show on the floor. Having a guy like Jordan Clarkson that's running around with his hair on fire sometimes probably gets everybody started. Right. I think it was true for George Niang last year, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah and, a bunch of guys who don't move super fast. And Coach likes that, which is why I'm a little bit surprised, and I'm certainly not here to tell him what to do, but that he's been so, what's the right word, Ben? Guarded with Eric Pascal, Like, yeah. not willing to yeah. to turn him loose, Correct. I guess, or even play him. Yeah. I mean, what game was it last week that Pascal didn't even play? Right. Houston. Houston. When he should have played, probably. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't even he didn't even play. I just don't I don't quite understand that. And there, of course, there's something happening in practice or something we're not seeing or or all of this. But uh, I'm with you. I think him having a little bit bigger role has been a good thing because he's just instant yep. pop. Yep. And I think you know one of the things that you do get when you have injured lineups is you're forced to toy with them. Uh, and I think tonight's going to be a very shorthanded lineup for the Jazz. But you know you you now kind of accidentally had to put Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal on the floor together. And now it seems like there's actually something there. You know that 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 those two together space the floor, but they can also both attack the rim. They can score in isolation. They're they're pretty willing passers. They can rebound, which is the difficult thing when you're a small lineup is to feel like you're going to be able to grab rebounds, and both of those guys are willing to do it. So, I do think that you, you have pulled some some good things out of this losing streak. Ultimately, including last night, where I thought Eric Pascal and Rudy Gay actually on the floor together were better than when Rudy Gobert was on the floor, and even the plus minus numbers show that. Well, and uh, you know, of course, listening to Booner every night uh, do the do the call with Locke is is very educational. And uh, Boone's talked a lot about how you know, of course, the the small lineups and how the Jazz combat that, and the switchy defense has uh, you know been a hot topic, of course. And Booner talks all the time about cutting. Yep, cutting yeah. is how you beat a switchy defense. And if you can get Eric Pascal, we saw it a couple times last yeah. night, cutting to the rim. Ben, are you are you going to want to get in front of that? Because I sure as heck he might don't. be the Jazz best cutter, right? Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny skill again. Going back to Jay Crowder and energy, just like the number of different things you have to be able to do on a twelve man basketball team or fifteen players, but you really only play nine guys. Like you got to have enough ball handlers, but you got to have enough passers, and you got to have enough passers, but you got to have enough shooters, and you got to have enough shooters, but you got to have enough rebounders. You got to have rebounders, you got to have defenders. But then it's the little things. It's like well, you got to have the energy guy, and then you have to have the cutting guy, and you have to guy you have to have the guy who runs back in transition, and then you have the guy who's the coach on the floor like you always are trying to find every single one of those things on the floor at all times and I'm sure it's just noise in a coach's head just 15 different voices yeah. all the time talking of like well if I do this I lose this and if I lose this then I you know I gain this and I'm sure that's difficult but I think you're exactly right you got to find those cutters and 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 he brings that Eric Pascal at his size going to the rim take a charge you're only going to take one a game you're not going to take two yeah. charges from Eric Pascal because it's going to hurt too bad the next game. Well, the one flaw in this Jazz team that we don't talk about a lot, and I think that Golden State really magnifies it because of who they are, the Jazz are really small. And I think it's hard to go up against a team like Golden State who has a bunch of six, seven, six, eight long rangy dudes because the Jazz are just tiny. I mean, I know they have Rudy, but everybody else is small for their position. They don't have position. great size, yeah. yeah. Other they, than Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert, they really do not have great size. At all. Yeah. At all. They're one of, they've got to be – what, Donovan and Conley have got to be the smallest backcourt in the league, right? Yeah, along with Dame and CJ. But, yeah, there's, there's just not many – They're 6'1 well, and 6'1. Damian Lillard's bigger than that. Yeah. And, and Mike's not 6'1. 
Probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Donovan might be with his hair, but right. yeah, but they're not very big. Just tiny. Yeah. Royce O'Neal's your power forward? Tiny. Right. Might be the smallest four in the league. Right. I guess Bogdanovich for his size is is probably or for his position is probably a decent size, but uh, but your two and, forwards combined are not huge, right? And he's not exactly a big player. And I know last no. night he had eight rebounds, which good for him. That's a great number for him. He needs to go out and snare more of them, but he he doesn't play big. So the Jazz are tiny. So you you're trying to combat a team that switches on you, and everybody goes, "Oh, it's the small lineup." Golden State doesn't have a small lineup. Maybe they don't have a true center. But everybody yeah, else they don't have uh, a big line. Yeah, right. <laughs> everybody else out there is a good size and can guard a variety of different yeah. positions outside of Steph Curry, which that's entirely intentional because how do you hide a bad defensive player? Well, you surround them with good defensive players. And I do think that's one of the things we again talking about the small lineup that we're starting to learn about the Jazz, which is we saw it against Indiana a couple of weeks ago, and it was just maddening because they were still trying to funnel everyone to the middle of the floor. It's like, guys, you don't have Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside out there. You can't funnel players to the middle of the floor if there's no one to protect the rim. Yeah. And they kept doing that over and over. It's like, you just have to have defensive integrity, and you have to stop your guy. You cannot let them get to the paint. And now with some of those lineups that we saw last night, which was you know a Trent Forrest, you had even switched between Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley at times. You had Royce O'Neal out there. You had Eric Paschal, and you had Rudy Gay. It's like, okay... Three of those guys are actually like kind of pretty quality defenders. Trent Forrest might be the best of all of them, but you have enough guys that can kind of step up and guard their own man that you're not passing him off to anyone, which the Jazz have been trained to do. Pass him off to Rudy Gobert, pass him off to Hassan Whiteside to get those guys involved in the defense, which is valuable. They're so good. But when they're not on the floor, you can't keep playing that way. You need to be more stout with your own man, and I think that's what this small lineup has started to do a little bit better, and they're pretty athletic, and it's been fun to watch. But the truth is, all of this doesn't matter this week unless they get their guys back, because this week is just brutal, and the Jazz will probably lose, I'm guessing, at least one game to the Suns, if not two, and Memphis on Friday is going to be tough, too. I mean, look, Donovan's not getting on the plane to go to Phoenix. He's not going to be there, yeah. The way Rudy was talking in the postgame last night, I don't think he's going to play. Boyan was announced or diagnosed with the knee contusion after right. the game. I bet he doesn't play. I bet he doesn't either. Although because it's Bogdanovich, I still hold <laughs> out that he might play. Plays through everything. His his comments last night were hilarious. He's where he said, "I, I don't even know what it I is, but I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> don't tell your don't tell the team doctor that. I don't know what it is, but I'll be I fine. I have no idea what it even is, but I'll be fine. That's fine. Uh, Bogdanovich notorious well, obviously for playing through stuff so I don't, I don't also, know about him but it's the second night of a back to back so you might not see Mike Conley I think they limited Mike's minutes last night because they knew they were going to need him tonight I, think I don't that know would we'll be, see if but. Rudy ends up not playing there's no reason to play Mike Oh, and just and if take the L. Yeah, and if there's no reason to play Mike or Rudy, then you probably don't play Boyan to give him an extra rest. Yeah. And then you just kind of don't show Phoenix anything, and then you hope to beat him on Wednesday. That's probably what we'll what we'll see. So I won't be at all surprised tonight if we have a Trent Forrest, Jared it's Butler, another Toronto lineup. Hughes, yep. And, and, you know, yeah, give Eric Paschal an opportunity to continue to find some rhythm if you're going to rely on him the rest of the year. But I think, yeah, I, without Donovan, I'd be shocked if Rudy Gobert plays Probably don't need to bring Hassan Whiteside back at this point. You know, maybe you could if you want to have those minutes, but there's probably no real rush to put him back on the floor with a skeleton crew like the Jazz are going to have. You just you just might not have a very recognizable roster on the road in what was probably a scheduled loss anyways going Golden State to Phoenix as those are the two best teams in the NBA. Golden State not necessarily playing like it, but yeah, nope. I I, uh, I hear you. That was probably a scheduled L, and we'll see a situation where they go with a skeleton crew. But uh, this week is going to be brutal. I mean, even Minnesota on Sunday, which I guess is technically ne- next week, but um, a scrappy team that's not easy to play against. So yeah. uh, I'm curious to see how the Jazz do this week. It could be a really bad week. You have, what is it, four games coming up this week? Yep. So you go... 
Phoenix, Phoenix, at Memphis, yep, and then Minnesota. Yep, on Sunday. I think 2-2 two and two is a good... If you go 2-2 two and two in these four games, I think you're pretty happy if you're a Jazz fan. I don't think they're going 2-2. Two and two. Because you're probably chalking up tonight as a loss, which means you have to win two of three. I think you beat Minnesota. And then, yeah, you should beat either Memphis on the road or Phoenix at home if you get your guys back. That's a big if, though. I don't, I don't know if yeah, I see that happening. You might not get your guys back. But, but if you have your guys back... Jazz need to go two and two. This Rudy's week. got ankle issues that followed up with a calf strain. That's probably because of the ankle issues. Mm. We might not see Rudy this week. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm certainly not a doctor. And if he plays, then then good on Rudy. But I don't know. That's you and I have watched a lot of basketball over the years, and usually that one thing leads to another, and they just want to get it right. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The the uh, trade deadline's coming up uh, in early February. You've got the All Star break coming up after February sixteenth. You know those are that's three weeks away. It, it might just be the Jazz just trying to string lineups together until they get to the All Star break. Let everyone rest. Let everyone kind of clear their head and come back and really try and put together a strong push to close the se- close the season and, and really really recalibrate themselves the way they want to because. The, the, the way we started this conversation was just how much energy the Jazz need to play with, and that's what we saw last night, and they can really compete against basically anyone, and as you mentioned, Golden State's not playing as, as, as well as they were early in the year, but they're still a pretty good team. There's no question the Jazz have the talent. It's if they're going to play hard every night, and I think you maybe get to the All-Star break, you come back, you start playing hard every night to gear up for the playoffs, and then you really feel like you can probably beat anybody. Yeah, as long as you, you got the talent. Right. As long as you play hard, you probably believe you got the talent. If you're going to be, if you're going to try harder defensively, you've got the, you've got a chance. Yeah, I I agree. This this stretch right here, we talked. This was a big part of our week last week. This stretch right here may be painful for some Jazz fans, but by no means does it determine the season. No. And if they limp into the All Star break, make a move, recalibrate, and come back and, and close the season healthy, probably is the most important thing. But playing well. You know, we can still see where this, you know, Jazz team, if they can uh, fulfill a lot of expectations out there. So don't press the panic button. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. I think if they get their guys back and play hard at the same time, everybody pulls in the same direction. We're going to see the the top three in the West Jazz team that we were expecting to see. Yeah, I think Memphis is going to be maybe the best, the most interesting game for the Jazz this week. On the road at Memphis, which is a tough place to play, but it's probably going to be the opportunity where the Jazz are going to be the healthiest, just thinking, you know, that's that's four or five days away from this point. That's the game I really have circled that's going to be a determining factor on, on where this team is. Okay. I think that's a better measuring stick than tonight, obviously, and I still don't know if you're going to be healthy Wednesday. It all just depends on who plays. Yeah. Because if Rudy plays, I mean, we've seen it. If Rudy plays, the Jazz are so compromised, you really can't yeah. expect much. And not that they haven't played well without Rudy. Of course, they beat Denver. You know that's a that's a great win without Rudy Gobert for a lot of a lot of reasons. So, but but you're not going in the playoffs thinking you have a chance in a series no. if Rudy Gobert's not playing. No, and so it it leaves a one off games against Phoenix or Memphis. I mean, extremely unlikely for the Jazz to win those games. However, don't doubt the Jazz ability to play against the name on the front of the jersey, which we've seen a lot this year. Correct. When that that. When that uh, front of the jersey says Indiana, yeah, you don't get the best effort in the world. Correct. Last Detroit, night, yeah. the 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 jersey said Golden State, and they went out and played the brains out. Yeah, Jazz have played two game good games against Golden State this year. We haven't seen them against Phoenix. Yeah, you know, we, we they had a good game against Memphis. I know Memphis ended up stealing that win, but the Jazz were up, if I remember, four or five with ninety seconds to go, and ended up blowing that game as well. So, uh, yeah, this is again this will be a fun week to watch, assuming they can get some bodies back. That's the big one. And it did not, at the end of the game, that did not look good. Because Bogdanovich, with his injury, Rudy didn't even finish the game. Yeah, it wasn't on the floor for the last two minutes of the game. So that's, 
those are two players that if they're not in the lineup, the Jazz are going to have a tough time winning the game. With or without Donovan, honestly. And we should get the, I bet we get the injury report today during the show. Hopefully we do in the next 90 minutes. Guessing we're going to see some doubtfuls on there. <laughs> questionable. Some questionable, some doubtfuls, some, well, this is going to be a tough one. Donovan didn't even get on the plane. We found that out last night. Yeah. yeah he's is he still there. here? He's here. He's did working you, uh, out with uh, Keon Dooling. Yeah. Did you catch that in the uh, the pregame where Quinn Snyder uh, talked about that? That's how important Donovan Mitchell is to this team. They tell an assistant coach, an important yeah. one at that, hey, we don't need you at the game as much as we need you here with our guy, uh, keeping him where he needs to be to come back and make an impact. I, I thought that was really interesting. Can you imagine Jerry leaving Coach Chiesa behind right. to, to coach a player when they're injured? Gordy, they might have they might have left Gordy. Hey, Phil, we need you to stay back and work with Blue Edwards because he's... He's got to get some shots up. Got to get some shots going. No, Jerry would have had him play through the concussion, though. <laughs> But it is also the the benefit of having so many coaches on staff. I mean, the oh jazz, yeah, the, yeah. Quinn the, Snyder has eight guys. The assistant coaching staff is not, uh, you know, well, Jerry had what uh, Phil Cochieza, and then what two or three guys that filled that third assistant yeah. coaching position yeah. throughout Kenny his Nat. run. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Nat, and then of course eventually Ty Corbin, right? Right. A couple guys floated in and out. Jeff Hornacek. That's right. I forgot. And Cochieza wasn't with him throughout his entire run either. So. Yeah, Hornacek uh, was, what, an assistant under Jerry with three years? Yeah, not was terribly not that long, long. two years? Not terribly long. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting that they left Dueling back and uh, to help uh, with Donovan. But, uh, hey, Donovan's important to the team. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, again, tough road trip. You probably would have liked to have had him. There's no reason to push him back if he's still getting headaches or if he's still dizzy. So you put him in a spot to... Uh, to just stick around and stay at home and, and start to feel better. And they'll be better for it in the long run, I think, hopefully. You, you hope that this couple of weeks for the Jazz hasn't been so difficult that uh, that they don't recover from it. I don't necessarily think that's the case. And I, I don't think, either. I think a fight like last night was promising. The fact that they went out and still had the energy to play, which does kind of back up what Jordan Clarkson was saying. What was it, Saturday morning? What did, I, I honestly have I've forgotten which game. No, I guess it was Friday morning, and he was doing the thing where everyone's you know, we've seen kind yeah. of the, the gif rolling around on Twitter now. If he says everyone's kind of way up and down, he says we're all relaxed, we're all chill, nobody's really panicking about this. I think last night was a good sign of that to beat Detroit and then come out and play as hard as they did last night. And you know, I, I know you hate the term make or miss league. This there was plenty of mistakes that they could have won that game. But like Boyd Bogdanovich's shot was a quarter inch either direction from going in. Yeah, it and he goes a, in, you probably win that game. It wasn't a great shot though. Yeah, but. You know. Hey, I'm fine with Bogdanovich taking it. I know Coach Snyder talked about it after the yeah. game. I mean, he's made gate winners. Yeah. Do you really want somebody else taking that? No, I was fine with that. But why did he put the brakes on, dribble for a while, and then shoot a step back? Yeah. I would rather see him just pull up and yeah, shoot just or, right into it. or go to the basket and, and kick to somebody. They didn't need a three, right? They were down two. Yeah, I do think so, they were saying, we don't want to go to overtime and play tomorrow. And that's fine. <laughs> get out of town. But get the defense scrambling. I mean, that's the whole point of not calling a timeout, right, is, yeah. to, is to have the defense scrambling so you can get right. an open shot. And he just slammed on the brakes, yeah. let the defense recover, and then took a step back, which almost went in. But I didn't, I didn't love the shot, honestly. I thought it kind of negated their advantage. But let Bogdanovich shoot it by all means. I, I thought that made a whole lot of sense. If it were up to me, Boyan would get all the last shots. He's very good at it. I, I mean, I wouldn't give it to Mike. I wouldn't give it to Donovan. It's hard when you're six feet tall yeah, to get a good and shot he's off. Tall, yeah. He's six eight, and he can create a shot, and he shoots yep. over everybody. And he's the best shooter. And usually, the other team's guarding him with a smaller player. So, all right, uh, joining the show now, he's hanging out with us uh, throughout the show. He's our good friend from Premier Wave Medical, Dr. Justin Johnson. Happy Monday, Dr. Johnson. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? 
Hey, we are doing great, but uh, I'm sure somebody out there dealing with uh, issues in the bedroom is not looking forward to Valentine's Day coming up, but they can do something about it. Yep, we have some great Valentine's Day specials coming up, you know, because uh, intimacy is a very important part of life. And I know a lot of men suffer from ED, but there's some great treatment modalities. So, you know, we kind of tailor our treatments. We don't just do the low-intensive shockwave therapy. We also do injections. We do counseling. We do medicine. We do what's necessary to get the best treatment outcome. And if surgery is necessary, we do have people that who we send people to get surgery down. So we've taken an approach that ED, which is a medical condition, needs a medical approach. So one of the nice things is, is our ED machine is the most effective on the on the market. It's actually the only ED machine that was specifically designed for ED, and it's been FDA approved for ED, and it gives such a great treatment outcome. And so as Valentine's Day is coming up, we've decided to do a special because we also do women's intimacy problems as well. So we're running a special for couples. So if they come and get a couple's package, they will get $1,000 off their package, the couple's package. And we'll also throw in a free hotel stay at either the Anniversary Inn or the Grand America so they can try out the results of their their package. And so we're running that special until Valentine's Day and then Another thing we're also doing is we're doing free or 0% financing, rather. So we pay the interest so you don't have, there's no interest down, and you can pay up to 24 months. So you've got to come and see us because now is a great time to get things done. All right. Uh, if you're uh, listening out there and are interested, get the ball rolling. 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. You can also check them out online at premierwave.com. That's premierwave.com. Dr. Johnson, excited to have you aboard today. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's good talking to you guys. Take care. Thanks, doctor. All right, there you go. PremierWave.com or simply give them a call, 385-360-WAVE. Craziness in the NFL over the weekend. We're talking about it next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Belt, belt. Jazz at 30 update. Jazz coming off a of lost Golden State. They've got Phoenix tonight. Bogdanovich has a bruised knee. We're not sure of his status for tonight's game against the Suns, but here's Boyan talking about it last night. I mean, I don't know about Trogrosis. I mean, I'm, I'm fine right now. It's just like hard, hard hit with, uh, with Daniel Lee. Like I said, I'll be fine. I don't know what it is, but I'll be fine. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience. With Five Star Painting, they've they've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! Sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. 
Ben, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. You're right. That was one incredible weekend. I don't know. I don't like grandiose statements like, that was the best ever. But, I mean, it's got to be up there, right? I, mean, I just, just can't incredible. remember. All four games were undecided going into the final 13 seconds of regulation. That's pretty nuts. That's incredible. And it seemed like all four of them were going to be decided by three points or fewer. And then again, I, I mean, I tweeted this out. You should follow us on Twitter. But the worst game, I thought, which unfortunately is a, a testament to how bad the NFL overtime rules are, the worst game was the game that went to overtime, which conceptually should be the best game, right? That should be the best one that we get to see it was so close. But that just that wasn't what's, the best game. What's ending. your beef? Well, I mean, I, unfortunately, I, you didn't get to see Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills touch the ball again. Now, Whose fault is that? That's their defense fault. Yep. But it was also came down to a coin toss. Like, kind of. A coin toss no, is why that was that opportunity. Because the Bills could have won the coin toss. The Bills could have stopped I'm with you. the Chiefs. The Bills could have prevented the Chiefs from scoring with 13 seconds oh, left to go in regulation. Kick. I mean, there was a reason they had three seconds left to kick a field goal on the last opportunity. That is not the rule's fault, Ben. Correct. They should have squib-kicked it. They shouldn't have even given... Why would you give Mahomes a half second of extra time? Correct. There was coaching issues. I mean, then, then they could have stopped him with 13 seconds and not let him go 60 yards in nine seconds to even set up the field goal. Like, th- Trust me. The Bills did plenty wrong. But I'm still saying that I thought the the most unexciting finish to any of the games was the overtime game, and it was a touchdown drive to open, which probably says something about the overtime rules. I don't think, but it the does. end of regulation was incredible. It's the Bills' own fault. They have the best defense in the league. They can't get off. They can't get them off the field for Apparently, one possession. Apparently, they not, don't. That's not. That's not the rules' fault. I love when. Listen, the rules in any sport are not perfect, but I love it when teams go right to let's blame the rules and forget about the rest of the darn game. Remember that uh, what was a perceived pass interference call with the Saints game that yeah. they wouldn't right. shut up about for two years, right. which actually, if you looked at it from a, a different camber angle, the one above, it yes. really was not an egregious play, but yeah. yet, instead of the Saints fans complaining about their team completely blowing the game, we get focused on, oh, the rules are bad. No, they're not. You're bad. Yeah, correct. Again, You're so, many, bad. so many of the things can be fixed by just making the stop. And I was rooting for the Bills. Listen, yeah. I I thought it was incredible the way they went back and forth scoring in the fourth quarter and all this. But for, for people today to be like, change the overtime yeah. rules, you're ignoring bad decisions. You're ignoring bad play. Look at them letting Kansas City score with 13 seconds left to go, uh, them throwing it to Travis Kelsey. There's like... Of course they're going to throw it to Travis Kelsey. You're Correct. not guarding that guy? Yes. There was one what thing, are you doing? There was one thing you needed to do, and, and you, knew what, I mean, you knew they were only going to one or two spots, and you didn't defend it very well. And then again, you just can't let a team go 60 yards in 13 seconds. D- uh, Dallas couldn't get off two plays in 13 seconds. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so Kansas City goes the length of the field to get the, the field goal. That's Buffalo's fault. That's right. not the rules' fault. That's Buffalo's fault. And by the way, the, I don't feel bad for the Bucks either. If you want to talk about a different game, letting Cooper Cup just run down the middle of the field. What are you doing? Chiefs beat the Bills forty two thirty six. Rams beat the Buccaneers thirty to twenty seven. Yes, they also got a last second field goal from former Ute Matt Gay. Forty ers beat the Packers thirteen to ten in what was the most boring game of the weekend and probably the most shocking. And then the Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to I think it's pretty easy to diagnose everything that went wrong in all those games. I mean, Bills-Chiefs was the most exciting game of the weekend. No questions asked. Fourth quarter was incredible. 20, what was it, 23, 24 points? 25 points scored in the last minute and 58 of regulation. 25 points in the last minute 
or two minutes of regulation, that was incredible. You're right. Rams, Buccaneers. Now, here's what is fun, and here's why the NFL is great. The storyline for the Buccaneers, if you watched them at all closely this year, was that they had a bunch of corners that got banged up, and they really just did not have a good enough secondary this season. And then what happens the last eight seconds, 15 seconds, I guess, of of regulation, minute and a half, I guess, if you really want to pull it out, they just could not fix that problem. They needed to get a couple of stops with their secondary, and they couldn't figure out how to not let Cooper Cup get behind the defense. They would have been better off tackling Cooper Cup yes. when they threw Take the, the penalty. ball. Yeah, they Every single time. better off yep. getting a defensive holding. I mean, like it, it was just the last thing they could have done. And, and when that happens, I don't feel bad for teams that lose. I did feel good for Matt Gay, uh, not because I know him personally, but because if he did not get that opportunity to win the game, he was going down as the scapegoat. Correct. Because he limped that 45-yarder yes. up there and missed it short. Yeah. Weird. Which, which is weird because that's, I mean, we watched him kick a lot in college. And yeah. That wasn't really his MO. No. And for him to do that, I was glad he hit the game winner for his sake because it, it really <laughs> made it so that and that was a huge storyline. In Tampa, the team that drafted him and, and waved him. him after a year. Yeah. Yeah. For him to go and do that there is a pretty cool story if you're a, if you're a Utah fan for him to get that opportunity. We'll have to see what happens with Tom Brady. I, I mean, amazing they came back in that game. I mean, they scored two touchdowns in the final five minutes as well to uh, to even make that a game. But again, poor defense down the stretch. 49ers, Packers. That one kind of fell on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you had to be able to score more than 10 points against the 49ers. It was absolutely on Aaron Rodgers. I know the 49ers are, are a good team. I mean, their, their big issue this year all season has been they don't have the quarterback, but they've got just about everything else. But got a great defense. Man, Aaron Rodgers trying to play hero ball late and not kind of taking what was given to him. It cost Can't him. Can't do it. Throwing it into double coverage like that? Nope. Tough. Nope. Very tough Saturday for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Very tough Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see what his future holds. Uh, but Packers fans are certainly... And how about our bungles, Ben? Getting up off the mat? Going to the championship game? I mean, game? literally getting up off the mat because uh, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in a game. Yeah. Nine times. Jake, nine pressures is a lot. Nine Getting hit nine times is a lot. Nine sacks. I mean, a sack should ultimately end a drive, right? Like, if you go, if you get negative yards in the NFL, your drive should basically be over. But what was funny, again, we're talking about storylines all season. Remember the big storyline before last year's draft was, do you take Panay Sewell uh-huh. so you can keep Joe Burrow up, right? Or do you keep Jamar Chase, who can be the playmaker, to give him some of the throw to. They made the right choice. And he still, he would have loved to have Penny Sewell out there because he got, he got sacked nine times. But in the final 30 seconds after Ryan Tannehill throws the worst interception, the one thing Ryan Tannehill couldn't do was throw an interception at midfield with 40 seconds and give Joe Burrow the ball back. He gets it back and he hits Jamar Chase with a 25-yard bomb to put themselves in field goal position so the rookie can hit the field goal. It was just awesome. And it was the storyline everyone talked about in the draft. And it was, I mean, it was... A finite detail. It was so the difference between winning and losing that game when you do give up nine sacks, but you have Jamar Chase to fix those problems. You're right. They made the right choice and might be, have been by a hair, one percentage point. It was the right decision, and still it was the reason they won the game, and now they're going to the conference championship. Love Burrow. Who cares how many times he got sacked? If you throw for 348 yards, make the play when it matters. Tannehill is who we thought he Ooh, was. That was hard. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, and I, oh, the Bungles are just going to get smoked. Oh, the man. championship oh. game. They are just going to get absolutely smoked. And that makes me sad because I can't stand the Chiefs. And I would love to see the Bengals back into the Super Bowl. But yeah. it ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. No. You know? that, but hey, the NFL, I mean, Roger Goodell this morning had to just wake up cackling. They're like, yes, that, not every quarterback's great, but Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. 
Josh Allen looks like he might be a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford was incredible. Beat Tom Brady, who's the greatest football player of all time. Aaron Rodgers got ousted, but we know Aaron Rodgers is one of the best who's ever played. Joe Burrow's a freak superstar. I mean, just look at the talent at quarterback that's in the NFL. And that's not to mention Kyler Murray. That's not to mention... Uh, Who's our guy in uh, in with the Chargers? I can't wait. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Just like the, the amount. And that's not to say anything of whether Zach Wilson pans out, Trevor Lawrence pans out. Is it Trey Lance? Is that the guy who's drafted mm-hmm. by San Francisco? Mac Jones? Like the amount of incredible quarterback play right now in the NFL is ridiculous. And five years ago, Jake, the big talking point was like, who's the next guy after Tom Brady? There's not a guy. And now it's like. Any single one of these quarterbacks yeah, could win a Super Bowl. There's guys, yeah, and, and probably will. Like there, there was a ton of Super Bowl talent. Not to make, uh, not to mention last year's MVP and Lamar Jackson. So it's just the league is loaded with freaks at quarterback, and it's why it's so fun. Just to uh, back up your point about the NFL dominating and uh, and Goodell having a good morning. Kansas City TV ratings. Now, if you know anything about TV ratings, this will this will blow you away. Share of viewing in Kansas City last night during the game. Actually, I guess this is from 8.45 to 9 p.m. Central, so that would be at the end of the game, right? Yeah. So at the end of the game. Share. Bills Chiefs got a 90. <laughs> got a 90. That means 90% of the TVs yeah. on in Kansas City were watching the game. Uh, <clears throat> the other channels, PBS, got a 2. They were in second with a 2. Which is really funny, though. Because it's like, yeah, the only people who aren't watching the game are the PBS watchers. Are the PBS <laughs> crowd. Public broadcasting yeah. crowd. ABC, NBC, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, A&E, TCM, and TLC all got a one share each. That's insane. That is, I, I don't know if that's ever happened before, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that is insane. madness. And for the NFL to have a product that is actually capable of that. I mean, you go look at TV share, like six is a good number. I got a 90. A 90. I told you, Jake, earlier this year, a lot of the beat writers for the Jazz were complaining about the length of the season and saying 82 games is too many. NFL gets away with 16, 17 games. Could you dramatically lower the NBA product, the the, the number of games in the NBA, make it an all-day event like the NFL does and have the same success? And my answer absolutely after watching last this weekend is no. The NBA product is just never that good. And there are, look, there are all-time great games. LeBron, Game 7 against Golden State on the road. Incredible numbers. He was fun to watch. That series was great. You came back from 3-1 down. Every storyline is good. And I'm not sure that Game 7 was as good at any one game we watched over the weekend in the NFL. The product of the NFL is so elite. It's so good to watch. The production is so good. The talent is so high. It's just it's it's a juggernaut, and it's impossible to beat. No other sport even comes close. Major League Baseball isn't even active; like they're in a strike right now. I cannot imagine being an owner of an an MLB team right now and thinking you you're you're supposed to be competing against the NFL. You don't have a chance. Nope, it's you too don't. good. The product is too good. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is Jake and Ben, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the zone. Sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com.
it is something. It is something. I need to go. Maybe this weekend I'll go. Uh, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. I went skiing with my daughter. We were just talking about that. And she had a big fall. Her first really big wipeout. Was okay. Uh, she's fine. Yeah. Uh, but she she ended up coming back and, and going again. So oh, good. I'm, I'm super proud of her. But it was Because you were talking about a couple weeks ago or last week that the fear of like she doesn't want to lose. Right. Or get embarrassed. Or, That's a real firstborn thing. So, uh, but I'll, I'll tell this. I won't tell the whole story. I was I was telling you the whole story. But but let me just put it this way. She had a big white and she's crying. You know, she's crying uncontrollably. She looks at me and she goes, can we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> at least she didn't just like, like my daughter would have been like, we're, we're done. We're going home. That was the end of my day. She's pretty stubborn in that sense. So good for. Uh, I was proud for, of Sadie. Yeah, for, good for Sadie for, for being willing to keep going for. She it. wanted to get back out there because she had a she had a pretty big, pretty big her first really big wipeout. Yep. Yeah. Happens. She she's all right though. That. Uh, hey, can I read a tweet real quick here? Love to. Because this seems to be the uh, the topic of the day nationally anyway. Uh, blue at Blue Blood Coog tweets me. He says, no other football league uses the antiquated overtime rules of the NFL. Jake, your argument is, to put it nicely, screwed up. The coulda, shoulda, woulda defense is asinine and pathetic. Let both teams touch the football. Hashtag, it's a coin flip win. This is not the arena league, blue blood coog. Defense is supposed to be a thing. It's not supposed to be who touches the ball last. You have to go. There are both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I guess here you could argue both sides of that coin or out of both sides of your mouth on that. If you're going to say truly, you know, there's there's basically two teams on each roster, right? There's the offense and there's the defense. You have two different parts of your team. If the offense, if you believe that, you could make an argument that, well, then both of them should get an opportunity to play, right? Both of them should get an opportunity in overtime to touch the ball. Or you could make the same point as if, hey, if the offense is equal to the defense, your defense needs to get the stop. Like, I, I think there's a legitimate argue for both sides. Do we cry about who has more possessions in your average NFL game? No. Never? No. Oh, but they didn't get the ball as many times. We right. never do. But listen, I, I like using this analogy because I think it's hilarious. There's an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Dee gets a cat stuck in her wall. Yeah. And Charlie goes to help her get the cat out of the wall. And all of his solutions, uh, uh, the, the key component is actually putting more cats, Put more cats into in the, wall. the wall. Yes. And so oftentimes we're really good at identifying the problem, right? Hey, there's a cat in the wall. But our solutions suck. And you know what? The overtime in college football sucks. And you know why it sucks? Because it's not the game. The game is kickoff starts a possession, or a punt starts a possession, or a turnover starts a possession. There's a reason where you start a possession, where you start on the field. Uh, You arbitrarily just put the team at a certain point and say go, and then all of a sudden the yards are screwed up, the scores are screwed up. You look at an overtime like, oh, this game was 70-65. to What happened? Oh, it's triple overtime in college football. It's not even... it's not the game. Can you imagine in basketball if we settled the game with a game of horse? Three-point shooting? Yeah. I, I think generally the more inorganic it becomes, the more difficult it is. You know, where we start to say, like like Major League Baseball being, well, we'll just start a guy at second base in overtime. It's like, Stupid. Why? Stupid. Why? That doesn't make any That's sense. That's not the game. So I'm with you that the more you start to change the rules... To, to move away from what the game is, it can get tricky. And I think the NFL has a particularly tricky problem when it comes to overtime. And honestly, even though it makes a lot of people unhappy, it still probably is best to do to just go straight forward if you score a touchdown, the game's over. So I will ask you, Blue Blood Kook, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Sure. I like people disagreeing with Absolutely. me, and you're more than uh, welcome to your opinion. But I, I would ask you, how many cats have to go into that wall before it's enough? Right. 
I mean, five cats, right? Ten cats, twelve cats. Where's the solution? We're really good as a society about identifying problems. We suck at solutions. That's that's an accurate take. We got some solutions though for you. We do. In fact, we know problems. People deal with uh, ED. It is absolutely a thing. And let's talk about a solution that's uh, better than the other solutions out there. Our friend uh, joining us now is uh, Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave Medical. What's going on, Dr. Johnson? Hey guys, how you doing? Great, man. How are you? Good, good. Yep, we have the solution to the uh, NFL's overtime problem. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but we do have great solutions for ED. ED is very prevalent. People don't realize how prevalent it is. In fact, you know, 50% of men over 50 suffer from ED. And people often ask us, well, what makes you different? Why, why should we go to you versus someone else? And I like to tell them, you know, that we have great treatment solutions that are, I feel, better than the others because we have a machine that's a low-intensive shockwave therapy machine that is specifically designed for ED and was FDA approved for ED. It's the only one in the in the nation that has that that you know has that technology. And then the other thing is we are not just a one stop solution. You know, sometimes a person will need an injection, or they'll need medicine, or need need counseling because there's you know a lot of performance anxiety that comes in when you have ED. So there, we we try to treat the whole problem because it's a medical condition just like heart disease. And so, you know, we're run by a physician, myself. We have excellent trained staff. We all have uh, advanced degrees. We have a great uh, atmosphere. So we have a great place to come and check out the solution for the ED problem. And since it's uh, Valentine's coming up, we're running an awesome special because we also do women's uh, sexual wellness as well. So we have couples packages. So if you come in with your your wife, your, you know, significant other or partner or whatnot, you get a couple of packages, we'll give you $1,000 off, plus we'll throw in a free night stay at either the Grand America or the Anniversary Inn so you can try out the results of the treatment. All right, and we great have zero, deal. Yeah, we have 0% financing if uh, money's an issue, but yeah, it's a great time now to get it done. All right, you heard the good doctor. Jump on that. Great deal. 385-360-WAVE is the number to call. 385-360-WAVE. Or get started at PremierWave.com. That's PremierWave.com. Dr. Johnson, thank you, sir. Yeah, take care, my friend. Thanks, doctor. All right, we'll have uh, more of Jake and Ben coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.